Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We got Bob Richardson, senior counsel over at National Public Relations. Hello there, sir. Good evening. And Anthony Fury, SunPost media columnist who's got lots to write about these days. Hello. Oh, he's gone for a second. We'll get we'll get him back. Okay. <laughs> Let's start uh, on the big story of the day. Hot seat. Yeah, exactly. Well, he'll just have to guess what we're talking about. Uh, RCMP holding a news conference today. Uh, we don't even really learn the basics, Bob, of what this apparent threat really involves. We don't know the motive, the location, the no, you know, the target. A lot of no comments can't say. And I'm all about preserving the investigation. But you know, this is this is basically what um, reporters heard today when they got to Kingston. Take a listen. In December of 2018, we did receive credible FBI information regarding a, a, an attack plot. Uh, with no specific time, date, or location affixed to it, uh, but it was an FBI information at that point. And I think we've got Anthony aboard now. Hello there, sir. Hey, Alex. All right. Um, so we got really no information. None of, you know, this could very well, I think, have been handled by a press release. I, I get that they have to be sensitive with this thing. You do not want an investigation to be compromised in any way. But the problem we have here is now we've got a vacuum and it's going to fill up with a lot of misinformation. It's just this, is this, Bob, now just the reality? No, I think it's unacceptable. And I think we need to push back on this. I think the RCMP needs to do better on these sort of things. It didn't, uh, I, I didn't think it was acceptable this summer with the shooting on the Danforth when they provided little to no information. They still and haven't. I think providing little to no information now is unacceptable. It used to be that there was a standard where they would provide, you know, enough information that the public had a sense at least of what happened and what, uh, what the police or security services were doing to, uh, to, uh, to make things, you know, to, to move forward. And, and now to send out effectively junior officers to say nothing is in my opinion not acceptable and we shouldn't be putting up with it and we need to push back on this well i'm glad bob that you come at it from that that perspective because that's pretty much anthony how i feel because this misinformation is causing real angst with people and anger well exactly one of the challenges with the danforth shooting is there was an information vacuum So people filled it with their own theories, sometimes conspiracy theories, if you will. But can you blame people because something big happened and they want to know? So they say, was it this? Was it that? And we get people saying, well, don't speculate until you know. Well, we're more than happy to be told what happened. Come out and tell us. If you want to see a great exercise in maximal disclosure, the Luca Magnotta case, I always remember admiring the Montreal police. And the gentleman's name was Ian Lafreniere. I'm not sure if he's still... Uh, the, the Montreal police's main spokesperson, but they did press conference where they said, what questions do you have? They asked questions. People asked rather gory questions. They were given answers unless the police just did not know. Now, there are operational reasons why there are a few things that you cannot be told, but for the most part, we should be able to be told more than we know now. Well, we should be able to be told the motive and the target because I get the youth laws. There's no media that's going to report a, a young offender in this country. We just don't do that. We know the rules. And so to be able to hide behind, well, you know, it's a young offender involved, whatever, that's 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 absolute BS. Um, but to not even know the basics of this was a plan for X city and that's pretty much where we can go because we're still looking into new information, that would have sufficed because at least we know, okay, the investigation's still ongoing. To me, they've just left way too many questions uh, out in the open. Um, 
The Prime Minister, of course, commented on this today, and you can smell an election is near. Um, and I do think this will be uh, this arrest could cause, I think, some real political issues for the prime minister, because if it turns out to be that a refugee was brought in from Syria, it will speak to the security issues. I think a lot of folks had feared. But here he is today commenting on today's situation. It's also important to highlight that anyone who chooses to uh, divide Canadians against each other to use uh, fear or violence uh, to threaten our society Uh, will fail because Canadians are strong and resilient and we lean on each other and we're there for each other. Anthony, I'll start with you on this. You know, this um, comment today and certainly the arrests of what happened, he he was at a town hall hall in New Brunswick last night. So the prime minister's office would have been alerted that something was going down. But he used the whole theme of fear and division and fear and division on the issue of immigration, which I think really conflates what is going on here. But is it is it racist and divisive for people to be concerned about the safety of their country? Well, absolutely not. When you take uh, Pew Research Center public opinion polls, the most authoritative researcher in the world, uh, they look at different populations in different countries and say, are you okay with, uh, you know, Sharia law and all these different issues? And then you, you get very real senses of uh, what people from different countries uh, think, and if we're going to be bringing in uh, significant numbers of people from those countries, it's just incumbent upon us to uh, acclimatize them with how the ways Canada is different from there. I will say, Alex, if we have someone who's charged in the Young Offender Act, meaning he's going to be, you know, probably 14 to 17, and the father is not being charged in this, uh, that to me does not necessarily indicate that we have a screening failure issue, because this is a young person who probably uh, recently developed these ideas from interacting with somebody. Uh, in person on the ground in Canada or interacting with people online and so forth. Not this uh, youngster necessarily mm-hmm. brought this from from whatever refugee camps or whatever turmoil he was in. If it was the father and the brother and the uncle who were also arrested, we could say we have a brother problem. So, and you know, Alex, there's no, no person more of a hawk on these issues than I am. But I'm not willing to say we actually had a security screening uh, problem here. But the Prime Minister's comments are just reckless. I mean, the fact that you have someone who will will refuse to to comment negatively on the Omar Qatar payout or refuse to comment negatively on the photo op with Joshua Boa, but is always happy to malign just regular Canadians with this sort of fear and division stuff, he's got to drop this antics right away. You have done a lot of political campaigns. Is this a narrative you'd be going on, Bob? Well, number one, uh, I don't necessarily agree with the narrative of this conversation. It's <laughs> no surprise to uh, to you two. No. Number one, um, if if this does happen to be somebody who is a Syrian uh, uh, refugee, and I don't know that it is, we've brought in sixty thousand people from Syria. And you know what? The last time I checked, when we brought in people from Uganda, there was a couple of bad apples in that uh, barrel. And the same thing happened when we had people from Vietnam come in and people from Portugal and people from Italy and people from various parts of the world. So you know what? Let's just take a look at this from a proportional point of view, number one. This is not let's stop immigration immediately because there's uh, somebody bad who's come in. Yes, uh, it's a bad thing that's happened, uh, if that is the case, and it needs to be dealt with. But this doesn't have to do with immigration. It has to do with the individual. So that's point number one. Mm. Point number two, I think the government has done a good job overall on the issue of immigration. Not perfect. There could have been some things done probably, I think, better at the uh, at the border and some better uh, communications to, to Canadians to uh, allay some of their fears. But, you know, uh, what we don't need is uh, is some of the political rhetoric, rhetoric we're seeing on both sides. Mm-hmm. Some of the 
some of the tantrums and uh, and ridiculous comments made by uh, a member of parliament like Michelle Remfel, as an example, uh, is not helpful. And you know what? Uh, perhaps maybe some of the defense on the other side is not helpful. But what we need to do is turn it down. This has always been a nonpartisan issue. Let's keep it there. Let's keep it that way. And let's move forward. Yeah. I, 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 hold on. I just yeah, want to get in ahead. there on one thing, because... Uh, Bob's saying they've done relatively well in the immigration file. I mean, give me a break. We've got authoritative uh, surveys from Angus Reid Institute showing that immigration is is less accepted and Canadians are more critical of it now in 2018 than at any time since 1975. And even in 2014, when Stephen Harper was majority prime minister... Couldn't have anything to do with the narrative going on by the opposition right now. Well, well, Mr. Hussein, I mean, the immigration. Hold on, the immigration minister himself uh, admitted in a letter that that the system's under strain. Uh, So there are issues, but I don't, I don't like the conflating of immigration versus some of the other things that are going on because. To me, the issues are all getting jumbled. We have a tremendous immigration system. It has, I think, been put under amounts of pressure, and I think there are cracks in it that uh, need to be addressed. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Some big headlines uh, this week, and uh, John McCallum is like the gift that keeps giving, creating an awful lot of headaches. Uh, tonight coming out that uh, he's told the Star, quote, from Canada's point of view, it'd be great if the United States drops the extradition request. It'd be great for Canada. And, you know, he just walked back comments yesterday that he said uh, he'd gone, I guess, off script. And I got a hard time believing that Mr. McCallum went off script for a whole 40 minutes. But, Bob, like, how, how big of a problem is Mr. McCallum becoming for the prime minister? Well, Alex, I may just go get another glass of wine as we're having this conversation <laughs> right here. But look, it's uh, he is look, uh, Mr. McCallum, and I think a number of a number of us who've been in politics for for a long time uh, are aware who he is. He is uh, a little bit of a free spirit. I think this is uh, shall we say a bit of an example of that. I think he's done a lot of good in China and a lot of good with our relationships based on his long personal relationship but it does uh, work with, here uh, with with the chinese community i will say that um ambassadors should uh, talk less <laughs> and be seen more and uh, please get this man on the plane so uh <laughs> so, so those would be some of the comments that i would uh, i would make on this uh on this uh, august issue that's How very that? that's very diplomatic of you bob and anthony what would you <laughs> actually say i've been, I've been uh, <laughs> diplomatic i am available for duty uh uh, to if, go to China. If, if required. <laughs> we might need you to undo this mess, Anthony. Well, well look, Alex, I, I get what Bob's saying, that John McCallum has been part of this broader liberal family for a while and is maybe known for being something of a character, and that's okay when you're in the liberal caucus. We all know there is... So that, know, that's the why they crazy, developed the Senate, no? <laughs> well, we all know there is the crazy uncle in the liberal caucus, the conservative caucus, the NDP caucus, and that's all fine because... Uh, the voters in that riding have the right to uh, re-elect that person multiple times, as they did with John McCallum. John McCallum is no longer a cabinet member. He is no longer a caucus member. He's no longer an elected representative. He is a public servant. He is a diplomat. And he is supposed to be sending the message of the government. Now, when you screw that up in a, in a minor way, when you say some silly tweet about someone on the opposite end of the aisle, well, we can say, okay, that's just Uncle John, and we'll put him out to pasture six months from now. That is not the situation here right now. 
uh, Canada is caught in the middle of a major clash of whether or not we're going to fall into Thucydides' trap, that that, uh, academic theory where are we going to have a war between China and the U.S. because there are two global superpowers right now that are fighting for global supremacy. That is not an excusable thing. That is not something that, oh, it's just Uncle John, he's done it. Justin Trudeau needs to send a greater message to the broader business community, uh, to the global affairs community, was John McCallum articulating the government's position or not? And I do not know why Justin Trudeau and Christy Freeland have not clearly stated no. It's been nice to see that Navdeep Baines and Ralph Goodale have said we can use Ericsson instead of Huawei. Uh, they just funded yep. Nokia. Yep. Navdeep Baines gave a grant to Nokia to do investment in 5G. I get all of that. It looks like we are very slightly trending on the, on the right direction, and Trudeau no longer admires their basic dictatorship. I'm more or less pleased with how uh, we are resetting the relationship, but we haven't distanced ourselves from McCallum's comments. You either need to say no they're not his comments, or you need to fire him. It's unacceptable right now. Quickly, uh, before I move on, Bob, do you think the uh, Prime Minister's office has given him the riot act yet? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I think he has probably been freelancing on a number of these issues, just uh, given the nature of his personality and who he has been. I think he has been trying to be helpful. The truth is he is well-liked in, in senior circles in China, and I think it's important for us right now, given some of the per- particular files that we have that are awkward, uh, to uh, to keep him in that role. But uh, I think diplomats need to take their... Uh, uh, take their orders from global uh, global affairs. I think they need to take it from the prime minister's office. I think we could use a little less freelancing. Okay. Let's talk about um, Jerry Dias because he is not quitting. He can't quit GM, but he is asking uh, Canadians to boycott Mexican-made General Motors vehicles. Uh, they had a protest today over the decision to pull out. Here is uh, Jerry Dias. And, and we are announcing... Go ahead, take that play. We are announcing that we will be launching a major campaign urging Canadians and American consumers not to buy GM vehicles that are shipped from Mexico. Here's the problem, and there's a few. A lot of Canadian auto parts go into GM products, whether the cars are made here or not, Anthony. So we're still shooting ourselves like in the foot on this thing. It's a challenge. And look, a, a car is uh, one of the biggest expenses that, that people make every five years or eight years or 10 years. And, and it's like my view with electric vehicles. I, I have no grievance with electric vehicles. Once they're at an appropriate price point, then I will buy one. And I, I just think this people are not going to make a choice like that. It's one thing to say, I'm not going to buy Gillette. I'm going to pay uh, 50 cents more to get, get the other brand to say, I don't like this Gillette, uh, this silly ad they did recently. Automobile, you know, I, I obviously stand with the people in Oshawa. I want these jobs being brought here, and if there are things we can do, even if it means looking at some sort of updated version of an auto pact in, in a way that, that can work, sure. I, I just don't know if this dog hunts. Yeah, do- uh, Bob, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not coming back. and I get what, what Jerry's doing, but I, it's not going to really change anything. You know what? I have respect for Jerry Diaz in this, and look, I'm a moderate centrist. I'm not a sort of left liberal, mm-hmm. but on this one, you know, I've got some sympathy for Jerry Diaz and and the union on this. You know, our governments went to to town on this. They backed these guys. It was people like Jim Flaherty who backed them. This was not a partisan issue. Um, right. You know, and it was uh, Dalton McGinty at Queens Park, and then all of a sudden, when uh, you know, when they're out of the uh, when they're out of the forest, and they've got some, uh, 
you know, they've got some sunlight, all of a sudden we don't count anymore and there's no consultations, there's no discussions. There's, you know, geez, is there any way we could save this plant? Is there anything we could do? Is there anything new that we could take a look at to, to kind of, you know, bridge a lot of these workers through? So, you know what? I've got a lot of sympathy for Jerry Diaz in this issue, and I think governments need to do better on these uh, on these things, and I think corporations do too as well, because a lot of people are getting uh, cynical, whether it's GM or whether it's the appalling uh, way people were treated at uh, Sears um, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I, I think people legitimately are very, very cynical, and this does not help. I got to be honest, I think Jerry Dias should run for leadership of the NDP. I mean, look, I, I think it would make Queen's Park just like the go-to attraction for Baltics politics, but he, he'd have a pretty big, pretty big voice in, I think, provincial politics, you know? Alex, I haven't even thought of that idea before. I think it's a, a great idea because, you know, to, to, to Bob's point about being a sort of centrist liberal, I mean, I think there's an old guard of NDP. Oh, well, there's also a pretty wacky old guard of NDP. He's like a working class NDP. He's kind of the more traditional well, exactly. NDP, which they've got to get back to. Exactly. And, you know, Jack Layton really managed to bridge the divide yeah. between the social justice warriors and looking out for the regular yeah. guy. And, and, you know, Jerry Diaz, I, I mean, I, I agree with Bob. I mean, I, I think you just like... We gave you guys so much, and, and, and GM's messaging. They keep saying, well, no, the, the deal was we only had to do it until this year or whatnot, and then we could back out. We're like, yeah, we don't care what the letter of the law is. We care about whether you guys are dashing out at the first available opportunity. So I, you know, I agree with Bob. I, I feel for the guy, and, and, and he is... Uh, He's selling the great points. So, yeah, sure. and, Maybe and, you know, the NDP, NDP leader. and the NDP has been too busy backing Maduro in uh, Venezuela <laughs> to focus on this. But, no entirely, but I digress. I won't bring that up. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I got to be honest. Uh, you know, Jagmeet is just this week. Kind of just done. All right, guys, I got to leave it there. But thank you for sharing my Friday. You always get extra points for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Bob Richardson and Anthony Furia weighing off. I'm quite serious about that, Jerry. I think, look, Andrea, with respect, you haven't won. You've had three, what, three kicks of the can? You should have won the last one. You didn't. You guys have to get a leadership review going. But I think Jerry, can you imagine Jerry and Doug Ford going hit? That would be, be like going to a wrestling match. It'd be awesome. <laughs> but I do, I think he's got a really strong voice. But I think he's more, he's more back to that working class NDP. And we are lacking that in this country because the NDP have just lost their way. You know, they're trying to be like liberals 2.0. Forget it. That's not who you are. Go back to who you were. On Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.